Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. What's up, everybody? Um, I'd like, I'm here to tell you, I'm standing before you today to let you know that I like things fast. Anybody else? You like things fast? I think you do. I think most of us do. Yes, math class. <laughs> yes. Yes, my Tesla someday will be fast. Um, I think, have you ever like given up on something? that just just taking too long like you 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 had the time if you're being honest but you like you didn't have the patience to wait for a thing that's taking too long like when your phone takes more than like three seconds to for like a video to buffer you're like checking the wi-fi like everything resetting the router like well something must be wrong here this is taking too long even if you're starving like making a sandwich just is such a task that just sounds like it takes so so long like mom can you just bring something home i don't care that we have food here um Maybe standing in line, like an actual line for coffee? No. This is why the Lord gave us mobile ordering. That's right. I love things fast. We love things fast. When it comes to my food, I like a drive-through. When it comes to my internet, I'm going to pay for the high-speed stuff. When it comes to my shopping, Amazon Prime, game changer in a big way. Most of the time, the innovation in the world that has led to things getting faster is a good thing. This has mostly been a good thing in our history. Um, the problem, where it creates a problem, is for the things that don't go fast. When all of the innovation in the world and technology is like making things faster, it's making things better and faster and streamlined for me, it makes me start to expect that everything should work that way. So for the things that do not and cannot happen quickly, we have a problem. I have an expectation that isn't being met. One of those things that would be super awesome if it happened quickly, but doesn't always happen quickly, is forgiveness. Forgiveness. We've been in this series called Sorry Not Sorry, and this is the fourth week. We've been talking a lot about forgiveness. We've talked about how harmful grudges can be. We've talked about, um, Doug was in here talking about the life of Joseph and how Joseph chose forgiveness in a difficult situation. Last week, we talked about how we need to extend forgiveness because God has extended us forgiveness. Now, all of that is very true. But it's also true that many of us have tried forgiveness, and it didn't really work out. It didn't work out how we thought it was going to work out. Maybe you forgave someone, but you still get angry every time you think about that thing they did. Or like every time you see that person, there's a reaction, a physical reaction in your stomach that starts to move around, and you're like, I don't know what that is. I wish I weren't there. You're reminded of the bad thing that they had done to you. Maybe you, 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 you're, you're trying to forgive that person, but you're st- every time you see them, you're reminded of the thing that they did to you. So your forgiveness, like, did it not work? <laughs> or what, what happened there? What is that experience, that what's happening with my forgiveness? I think we've all said something like, I just can't forgive that person. I just can't do it. Or I've tried to forgive them, and it just won't take. Or, or maybe many of us in here, have said that we've forgiven someone, if you ask me, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I forgave them. But our actions and our thoughts aren't quite proving that that is true, that we have forgiven them. The problem we're up against is that like everything in our lives, we want forgiveness to move quickly. We want it to be something that happens fast. We want, it to, we want to feel better fast. We want forgiveness to be fast. And this is true when we are the ones doing the forgiving. Like when we're forgiving someone, you don't want to be hurt by someone. You don't want to carry around that anger anymore. You don't want that feeling in the pit of your stomach. You just want that to go away. We want to forgive quickly. And it's also true when, when someone else did something wrong or, or like, I'm sorry, when you're the one who did something wrong, 
when you're the one who needs forgiveness. We want that to happen quickly, super fast. I don't want my friend to be angry at me anymore. I don't want my parent, I just want my parent to move on from that thing or my sibling to stop giving me a silent treatment for whatever that thing is. And when forgiveness doesn't happen quickly, we tend to think it didn't work. It didn't take. What happened? And now what? <laughs> I tried forgiveness on. It didn't really work out for me. So now what do I do? Are there other options? Do I just give up? What do we do? We're going to take that question to Jesus. We're going to ask him just like Peter did. And uh, if you remember, can anyone tell me in a couple words how we know what Jesus' life looked like? I try to explain this a lot conceptually, what the Bible looks like. How do we know what Jesus' life was like? The Bible is correct. Maybe a little more specific than that is what I'm looking for. <laughs> the Gospels. What are the Gospels? A documentation of Jesus. Give me a little more about that, just about that idea. What are the Gospels? Name them to me. Name the, name the Gospels to me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Who are those people? No. They are eyewitnesses, and, uh, or they heard stories from eyewitnesses. So we have, if you didn't know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first four books of the New Testament. These are four records of Jesus's life. This is what I'm, I'm, I hope that you know. Four records of Jesus's life. Four people sat down and said, you know what? This is the savior of the universe. It's important that people know what his life was like. So they collected stories of the major events of his life, of his teachings and his, the stories he told and the miracles he did, and they wrote them down. And we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because those four people talked about Jesus. They wrote down the gospel. That's what we call them, the gospels. These are the good news of Jesus. One thing I love about the gospels is they're very honest. You find really great transparency in the gospels. And it's also one of the reasons that I believe the gospels are true because these are followers of Jesus talking about followers of Jesus. And those stories don't always make the followers of Jesus look very bright. <laughs> like, there, this is not a perfect, like, you know, clean story of how these people, these wonderful people followed a wonderful God. It wasn't exactly like that. Like, they, they talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly of these followers of Jesus. And that shows me that it was probably true, because they're not going to make themselves look bad on purpose. So tonight, we're going to look back at the book of Matthew. And uh, I spent a lot of time recently in my personal life in the book of Matthew. And We've actually looked at Matthew's record of Jesus's life just a couple weeks ago in this series. And we're in Matthew 18, and Peter asks Jesus a question in Matthew 18. Peter was probably the most outspoken disciple. Um, he was one of Jesus's like close disciples. So he was very comfortable with Jesus. And so if he had a comment, um, like, you won't be crucified. And Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. So he just let the comments fly. <laughs> he let questions fly all the time when Jesus was like, how long are, is, are you guys going to be dumb? Basically, you know, I paraphrase Jesus a little bit. He was more kind than that. But over and over again, Peter was like just saying whatever came to his mind because he's very comfortable with Jesus. This is one of those times. In this passage, Matthew 18, 21, Peter asks Jesus an important question. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Here's an idea. Seven times? Now, it might seem like that number came out of nowhere, right? That he's just like, I don't know, let me just start somewhere and you can work me up or down. But he was making a point with his, his suggestion of seven because Jewish tradition said that you could extend forgiveness to someone three times. One, two, three times is how many times a good Jewish acceptable person in their society, you, you extended forgiveness three times and then you were kind of off the hook. So Peter suggests seven as a way to say, look how forgiving I am. Now, Jesus, I don't mean to overwhelm you with my charity, 
But what if we, what if we upped the standard a little bit of forgiveness to seven times? Yes, I'm impressive, I know. And he expected Jesus to say something like, wow, Peter, you are the holiest of all the people around me. Lesser disciples gather around and try to be more like Peter. That's not quite, in case you couldn't tell from my tone, it's not quite how it shook out. Uh, he says in verse 22, Jesus responds to him, no, not seven times, Jesus replied. But 70 times seven times. Can do somebody do that? Seven times 70? Genius, love that, 490. That's a lot. Now to be clear, I don't think Jesus was suggesting that 490 is the number we're looking for in forgiveness. I don't think that's what he was saying here. I don't think he was looking for like an equation of how many times that you could forgive someone until you could stop forgiving them. That wasn't what he was doing. Because I know some of you would have like a running note in your phone, <laughs> keeping track, February 28th, 2020, March 3rd, 2021. There, you're keeping track of how many apologies you've given so that you could stop. <laughs> so you don't have to apologize to your little brother or whatever ever again. I think Jesus is actually making the exact opposite point here. I think he wants us to stop counting. I think he wants us, that's the, the total opposite of what he wants us to do. He's not putting a limit on our forgiveness. He's saying that keeping track isn't the point. Keeping a track of how many times you've forgiven someone, that's not the point. He's saying that it's what we do to forgive people. It's what happens in our hearts in forgiveness. And he's saying that when we make it about the number, we stop making it about the work we have to do in our hearts to forgive people around us. So when Jesus said we need to forgive 70 times, seven times, he was really saying we need to forgive as many times as it takes to complete our forgiveness. In the Bible, the number seven usually represents perfection or completion. He's saying in a big way, he's saying forgive as many times as it takes to get there, as many times as it takes you to forgive the uh, person. He's saying it's going to take time. And the number isn't the point. It's about what's happening on the inside of you. So sometimes it's going to be the first try where your forgiveness takes. Sometimes it's going to be three times. Sometimes it's going to be seven times. Sometimes you're going to need to forgive somebody 490 times before it actually moves in your life. Maybe even 491. Which brings us for the bottom line of our conversation tonight. Forgiveness takes time because healing takes time. There isn't a quick fix for this. It doesn't happen as fast as Amazon Prime, as fast as instant noodles or Hot Pocket. There's no immediate payoff to forgiveness. There's no sure way to make sure my emotions are going to follow my decision. Forgiveness takes time because healing takes time. And this is for either way, either side of the equation you're on. If, you're, like, if, you're hurt, if you have hurt someone and they can't let it go, You've hurt someone, they can't let it go, and, and you're getting frustrated, and you're like tired of always hearing about it, being reminded of the thing you did. Consider giving them a break. Because forgiveness takes time. Because healing takes time. And also, you don't get to decide how quickly someone forgives you or heals from something you did. That's not a decision you get to make. And in the same way, if you have been hurt by someone else, and you can't seem to move on as quickly as you would like. You can't seem to do that. Consider giving yourself a break for that. Forgiveness takes time because healing takes time. So keep forgiving as long as you need to, as long as it takes to complete that forgiveness until your emotions catch up with your decision to forgive. Ask God to help you with this because we can't do it on our own and he'll help you figure out how to forgive and 
heal. All right, for some of you, this is great news because you finally have permission to not be okay. You were struggling with this. And you finally have permission to say, okay, it takes time, and I get that. Now, for others, it's not such great news because you're disappointed to learn that. You're like, I'm going to be stuck in this for longer? (laughs) Healing takes time? I don't have that kind of time. You want a quick fix. And it would be a lot easier if it worked like a quick fix, right? Forgiveness would be a lot easier if it were a quick fix. We want forgiveness to be like an antibiotic. Anyone ever take an antibiotic? It's like magic in a pill. Like, no matter what the thing is you're dealing with, if it's like an antibiotic problem, you just take this for five days, twice a day, and poof, it's gone. <laughs> Whatever the thing was, it's gone. However, he- healing, forgiveness, is not like magic. It's not like an antibiotic. It's more like recovering from surgery. This is a process that can take weeks or months, and you go back in for checkups and evaluations. And sometimes your body isn't healing quite as fast as you'd like it to, or as fast as your doctor would like it to. Sometimes there are bumps in the road or setbacks where you lose process or progress. And then there are times when you have wild improvements overnight. Forgiveness is more like recovering from surgery. And this would be, it would be way easier if it worked like an antibiotic. But Jesus, he doesn't want us to look at forgiveness like a, like a checklist. He wants us to do something in our hearts. He wants us to grow in forgiveness. That's why it's not easy. He wants us something in our hearts to heal. He wants us to heal in our heart, in our mind, and he wants us to heal in our relationships. And healing takes time. That's why he wants us to forgive until forgiveness takes. Forgive as long as it takes. Because forgiveness takes time because healing takes time. So even if this isn't what you wanted to hear tonight, because this can be challenging news, I hope you're at least a little encouraged because when we're hoping for my healing and forgiveness to go faster, it does help to adjust our expectations. Don't expect it to go quickly. That might help. Even just knowing what you're up against can help a little bit. So what's the hurt for you? What's the hurt that's taking a lot of time to heal from? What's the hurt that causes frustration and anger every time you think about it? What is that hurt? Who is the person that makes your chest tighten when they walk in a room? Here's another good metric. Who is the person that when you hear their name, your first thought about them is the worst thing they did to you? That's tough. That's a a good metric for maybe you're holding a grudge. Maybe you have an extended forgiveness where it needs to be. There's a good chance over the past couple weeks you've had somebody come to mind, maybe a person or two, as we've been talking about forgiveness for like a month now. And it's okay if you're still working through your 70 times seven times to forgive. But it is vital, as we've talked about through the series. God has given us forgiveness, so it is vital that we extend forgiveness to other people. Figure out a way to keep forgiving, to keep healing. Again and again and again until it finally takes, as many times as it takes. So how do we do it? How do we do it? Here are a couple hints that might get us in the right direction. First of all, pray. Now, do you get tired of this being an action point? <laughs> because I hope you don't take it for granted because it works. Prayer works. Prayer is how we dedicate our struggles to God. It's how we admit to him. We show him that we need him. We need his help to get us through stuff. Praying for someone that hurt you will change the way you look at them. Praying for someone that owes you an apology will change the way you think about them. Pray. Also, serve. Now, here's a quote attributed to a bunch of different people. Uh, I don't know who said it first, but the oldest and most frequent on that list is St. Augustine. And he said, pray as if everything depends on God, 
Work as if everything depends on you. Because there's always a balance. There's always a balance with God's work and our work. And it is a balance. We need both of those things. We pray for asking God for his help, and we pray like everything depends on that prayer. And we work like, and we serve like everything depends on us changing the thing. It's the balance of working those things together that creates change. It creates growth, creates healing. Serving someone that you're mad at sounds very difficult, and it is difficult. It will go against every instinct inside of you to serve somebody, to to give something, to be generous to someone who's hurt you. But again, it's the path to forgiveness and it'll change the way you think about them. It'll change the way, it softens our hearts toward people and it helps us to see their humanity. And finally, pray, serve, repeat. Pray, serve, repeat. Do this over and over and over again because forgiveness takes time because healing takes time. So keep praying, keep serving, repeat, as needed. Now, I don't want these to sound like the antibiotic cure because that's not what they are, which is why repeat is there because it's not just check, check, done. This is a process. The repeat is included because it takes time and it might not happen on your schedule, but this is how you heal. Not, you don't heal with revenge, anger, bitterness, a grudge. You don't heal by pretending everything is okay, trying to forget what someone did to you, but by forgiving over and over and over, praying for them and serving for them and repeating that process over and over and over as long as it takes. Forgiveness takes time because healing takes time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, for what we can learn about you, about how to live a blessed life, a righteous life before you. Father, I pray that you would help us to see the humanity in people, to soften our hearts toward people that have hurt us. Father, help us to, um, to forgive openly. We need your help to do that. And God, I also pray that you give us the courage and strength and wisdom to do the things we need to do to serve people around us, to really make steps toward forgiveness. And, and God, let us not give up on that, on that pursuit. Let us not give up on the path to forgiveness. We need to forgive the people in our lives that we're holding grudges against. Father, we, over these past few weeks, have talked about many Um, metrics for how we know if we're holding a grudge. We've talked about things like rehearsing conversations in the shower, uh, snapshotting social media things and sending them to people. We've talked about uh, when hearing someone's name and the first thing we think about is the worst thing they did to us. Father, help us to remember those metrics and use them to learn something about ourselves. Learn the people that we need to extend forgiveness to and then pray for them and then serve them and repeat as needed and do what it takes to be forgiving, just like you are forgiving. We thank you for your word and your guidance in this. We love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.